0: Happy All Saints Day, everyone. So, when I was in my early 20s, I, uh, I took a trip to Scotland, and there's, in my imagination, there's something very like, kind of magical, mystical about this place. And to kind of add to the dreaminess of the whole effect, um, I was jet lagged, you know, and just sleep deprived coming off the plane. And my host family, you know, they picked me up and they escorted me immediately to the church that I was going to be working with there. And they, they had spread out this huge picnic um, on this grassy hill right next to it, um, you know, to, to welcome us. And um, the one thing that I just couldn't get over was that the whole thing was happening in a graveyard, So there it was. It was like, you know, cups of of iced tea that were like sitting on the headstone of Grandpa Jack, you know? And then there was like plates of bangers and mash, you know, that were like sitting next to, you know, Aunt Gwen's wilted flowers, you know? And I just, the whole time I was just thinking to myself, like underneath our checkered blankets, there, you know, there our beloved dead lay. So on the way home... Our host family, you know, uh, the host mom said, uh, so how did you enjoy the picnic? And I was like, oh, man, it, it was great. And I kind of had that awkward pause at the end. She was like, yeah? And I was like, well, I, it just kind of felt eerie. And she was like, oh, you Americans. <laughs> you, I mean, you just, you, you can't spit in Scotland without, like, hitting a, the grave of a saint, you know? So if you can't have a wee crack, which is like this term for like, you know, a a laugh and a drink together, right? If you can't have a wee crack, uh, you know, in a graveyard, where could you have it? And traveling will do that for you, right? Traveling will shake up long-held assumptions about some really basic things, like our relationship to the dead, for instance, right? And you know, last week we celebrated. uh, It was on Halloween. I wasn't here, but I heard it was amazing. I mean, like you were in like a a chocolate bar costume, so it had to be amazing. (laughs) But the you know why we call it Halloween? The very name means the eve before All Hallows Day, the day before All Saints Day, which we celebrate today. And you know, in in the, the United States, like. We celebrate Halloween as just kind of like this time to like get really scared and like dress up like zombies and like see how quickly we can spike our insulin. <laughs> but what we rarely get around to actually doing is actually remembering those who have really died. Because to engage in the grief and the uncertainty and the frailty of life, my goodness, that's too terrifying so instead we just stick to the frictional fight frights instead right all of our culture's preoccupation with death somehow works to deny the existence of death rather than really engage it we spend like lots of money billions of dollars every year trying to convince ourselves that we won't get old and die And doesn't it seem like other cultures do this better than ours? I mean, like, like I, I just I, there's something about like the Mexican Day of the Dead celebration that just seems to get right this mixture of playfulness and gravity. Like, there's dancing and there's there's partying, right? But there's also that parade through the town up to the church with pictures of personal saints, right? the lighting of candles, there's this mourning mixed with laughter. Death is not neglected, and it also doesn't rule with fear. It exists as an integrated part of life. And I think that is what this Christian tradition of All Saints Day has in mind. All Saints Day invites you into a picnic in the graveyard. All Saints Day invites you to come to grips with death, so that you can get to really living, right? I mean, death, like, adds some urgency to things. You know that resentment that you've been holding on to? You don't got time for that. You know, like, all those hours of entertainment watching other people doing the living? You don't got time for that. Death adds some urgency urgency to life. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't something scary about death. Like, of course death is scary. Why? Because it's totally unknown. I have never done it before. I've never done it. Have any of you ever done it before? I, I didn't think so. It, it is unknown, and the unknown is scary, And death is going to mean change, unknown change. And that is my least favorite kind of change, (laughs) right? I like the kind of change that I can see and I can like carefully evaluate it. I can be certain of it, but death says, no, that is above your pay grade. You do not get to know. You do not get to know. I only get to know death from this side of things, and on this side of death, I experience the enormous loss of it, of those that I love who die before me. And most of the time, that just feels like a huge distance, like an estrangement, like a disconnection. I don't, I don't like that change. So how do we embrace unknown change? Isn't that often the question that we keep coming back to on this Jesus path? right? How do we embrace unknown change? I mean, look up there. Look at that central symbol of the Christian faith, the cross. There's just, there's just only one good thing to do with the cross that it's, that it's good for, is to die on. And it confronts us. Every time we look at it, it should confront us of the hard reality of death and unknown change. And it says to us there's only one way to transformation, it's through it. Jesus says, Oh, hey, you want to follow me? Fantastic. Here's your cross. We're headed into unknown change. Come on, let's go. Anybody? Come Anybody? The good news of God and Jesus doesn't give us certainty about what happens after death. I wish that it did. I want certainty. I love, I love some certainty. I want something I can prove, something that I can, where I can just possess all the facts, because that puts me in control of it. But what certainty doesn't do is put me into relationship only faith does that. Only trust puts me into relationship. But faith is not certainty. Don't get that twisted. Faith is not certainty. The scriptures say this. Faith is confidence in what we hope for, but we can't see it. And this word confidence, confide, literally means with faith, with trust. So, trust is a relational word, right? And the faith of Jesus trusts that God is transforming all things, even death, even the cross. You guys with me so far? So that brings us to the Bible reading for today. It's Hebrews 11. This is, man, this is an incredible chapter. Um, and it speaks to this faith, this confidence in, in what we hope for but can't see. And the author makes this like, big old list of people who have had this trust, calls them a cloud of witnesses. And it, kinda, it paints this picture um, that like, your life is like a race, it's like a marathon. And there's this big crowd on like either side, and you're like running. I kind of hear the like um, chariots of fire theme song, kind of. Yeah, Da-na-na-na-na. and then they're like all on the side. And they're yeah, go, go, right. So it paints this picture of all who have run before you. So okay, as I read this passage, um, I want a little call and response here. So when I say we are surrounded, I want you all to say by such a great cloud of witnesses. Uh, let's do a little practice. Are you ready? We are surrounded. By such a great cloud of witnesses. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, let's start this reading here. It is by faith that Abel brought his offering before God. By faith, Enoch was taken up before his time. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, he built an ark to save creation. So, people, we are surrounded. And by faith, Abraham, when called to go, went, even though he did not know where he was going. And by faith, Sarah, who was past childbearing age, gave birth to Isaac because she considered God faithful. And by faith, Abraham, when tested, trusted that God could even raise the dead. So we are surrounded. And by faith, Isaac blessed the little brother Jacob. By faith, Jacob blessed each of Joseph's sons. By faith, Joseph foretold the exodus from Egypt. By faith, Moses' parents hid him as a baby. By faith, Moses chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting privileges of the empire. By faith, they kept the Passover and crossed through the Red Sea as on dry land. Oh, we are surrounded And by faith, the walls of Jericho fell with a yell. By faith, Rahab welcomed the spies. What more can I say? I don't have time to tell you about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Deborah and David and Samuel and all the prophets, who through faith overturned empires, brought justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, who quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength. Some were tortured and, re- and refused to be released. Some faced humiliation and imprisonment. Some were mistreated, persecuted, and executed. And the world was not worthy of them. Now, I could go on, but we would be here for a very long time, and we still haven't gotten to your saints to add to that list so Hebrews says, therefore, hold it, keep it, Jim. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of then throw off. Throw off everything that holds you back. Throw off everything that entangles you so that you can run the race so that you can fix your eyes on Jesus, who pioneered this faith, this this trust in the Creator, and didn't just pioneer it, but perfected it. Someone say amen to that. Come on now. Now in just a minute, we're going to sing a song called For All the Saints. I love this song. I I tear up every time we sing this song. And during this song, you're going to be invited to add a name to this big list this big list that we just heard, this cloud of witnesses who have run before us. But before we do, I just want to leave you with just one last image. This uh, image has totally captured my imagination. I hope it does yours too. A little while back, I walked into St. Gregory of Nyssa's church in the Mission District of San Francisco and just like, my jaw just dropped because painted on every wall of this octagonal sanctuary were dancing saints 3000 square feet of iconography and of course there were you know there were the saints that you'd expect you know there was like saint francis and julian of norwich but there were also like less likely characters up there like john coltrane the jazz saxophonist whose horn cried a love supreme. And Cesar Chavez, the labor leader and nonviolent civil rights activist who helped organize Hispanic farm workers. Ninety saints in all. Each, of each and, and the way that they were painted, each one of them had a hand on the shoulder of the saint next to them. And then they had like one knee raised in the air in this kind of Jewish grapevine type of dance, you know? On every side of me, dancing saints, circling around and around and around. And there, at the head of it all, was Jesus, the Lord of the dance. The 12-foot Christ was full of motion and life. His hand raised like he was just kind of like inviting all of us to come and dance. I mean, I have just never been in a more contagious space than this one. And and by the time that we got to communion in the worship service, everyone was dancing around the communion table at the center. And so with one hand on a stranger in front of me, I kind of stumbled along in this little two-step dance, just around and around the communion table. And I looked up at the walls, all those beloved dead looking down on us beloved living all of us doing the same dance, all of us led by the same Lord of the dance. I gotta tell you, never before did I feel such community. Not just with like those complete strangers around me, but with the strange cloud of witnesses who were all mysteriously dancing around the table of Jesus. Because somehow, somehow in Jesus, we were all connected. The living and the dead. Somehow in Jesus, they are alive. All the gazillions of folks who remain nameless to history books, they too are alive in Jesus. And somehow, your saints too, your beloved dead, to whom our connection has changed, yet remains. We trust that they are part of this dance too. So thank you to those who have already submitted names to the role this morning. If, if you got a saint that you wanna add, you can, uh, in just a little bit, uh, you can go to this table here to write a name on a slip of paper of an individual who has died in the last couple years here. And you'll have a chance to bring those forward. Uh, if you're watching at home, um, you can go to the link in the comments. So, friends, who has come to mind? Who has come to heart as I've been speaking this morning? Let's add their names to the roll.